Welcome to the Spoon Drifter podcast, where we're going to talk about making your sailing dreams a reality. We are Todd and Tammy Smith, and we've spent the past 10 years traveling with our kids. We have a Morgan 462 that we have refit, and we have spent the last year traveling across the southern United States and the Bahamas. Join us as we talk about how we've done it, what we're doing next, and how you can do it too. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Spoon Drifter podcast. So last week, we kind of said we were going to talk about how we picked the features we wanted on a boat. But after hearing all of your feedback and questions, we're going to pivot a little bit today. We're going to pivot a little bit because the questions really kind of wanted something different. So we're going to start today with kind of how we stick to a dream, how we deal with a dream when sometimes the crap hits the fan and it goes sideways, right? Yeah, a lot of you wanted to know, how do you do the thing when you're afraid that it won't go right? Or you've done something and then had experiences where it didn't come out the way that you wanted it to. Because the reality is, as human beings, one of the things that we hate is pain. You know, like when you're learning to ride a bicycle and you fall off the bicycle, it creates pain. And sometimes you don't want to get back on that bicycle for a while. Sometimes we just run into situations that we don't like. They're uncomfortable. We're afraid. All this stuff. And, man, we need to get over it and move forward. So how do we do it? Are we perfect, dear? Are we perfect at this? No, but the problem is social media has created a space where we only share what goes right. Yes. And for us... pretty stuff. Yeah. For us, we've been doing this long enough. For We've been married almost 35 years that... We have done our whole life doing big, crazy things that people think were bananas for. And everybody thinks, wow, it worked out. But so we thought we would go through the four things that we kind of use to help us through making the decision to make a big dream. And then as we go through that dream, things don't always work out. Right. They actually usually have a lot of bumps in the road. So we're going to talk about the fact that when we're getting started, we pray. Yes. We want inspired action. We go to the Lord with an idea and we're like, what do you think? Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And we really only move forward when we're in agreement that this is something that we think is a good thing and that the Lord agrees. Right. And that kind of helps give us a foundation because what it does is it kind of gives us God's blessing on the actions that we're going to take when we kind of have a good feeling in in our heart that he's behind us in this. He's now our partner. Right. And that comes to play in that when things go wrong, we can go back to the fact that God sees the big picture. Right. And we can trust him even when things aren't going the way we thought they would go. That, that he has a plan, even if it's for us to learn something different than we thought we were going to learn. So we talk about that big picture. The big picture really is probably the most important thing of all this. Why do we even bother dreaming? Why even bother trying to do something different or great in our life? What? Why? Well, we believe that we're here to learn and grow and create and become who God wants us to be and help other people do the same thing. Yes. If we never try, if we never do hard things... If we just do the bare minimums, we aren't actually fulfilling our purpose for being here. Yes. Doing those things puts us out of our comfort zone. It causes us to have to change things in our life and grow as people. But it also, it also gives us 
joy. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, just visualize yourself moving into a house and you want to turn it into something really cool and you spend a lot of time on your yard and you plant flowers and you do all this. That is going to bring you all, all kinds of joy, but you also created something amazing, right, that other people also get to see and enjoy. Right. That's the reason that we do this and we keep that big picture in mind because we know there's going to be bumps in the road. Right. And so having that big picture allows us to trust God, to not deny God. I mean, if you look in the scriptures, Job got really mad at God when things weren't right, working right. But he yes. didn't deny God. He told God he was mad. He had those kind of conversations. But he never said, you don't exist because it's not going the way I want it to go. Right. The next point that we have is we look for mentors. Yeah. Sometimes, especially, I would say, at times when things maybe go south or something, we kind of have a tendency to turn inward and focus a little pity party on ourselves and all the challenges and problems that we're having. The first thing we tend to do is is we add back in that prayer, that first step that we have, and ask God to help us get through it. One of the ways we do that initially is to find mentors or people who maybe have a better understanding of the things we're trying to do. We seek them out and we talk to them and we get a different perspective on what we're trying to accomplish or where we are to see if that can help us find a way out of it. Right, they can help us solve problems and see things in a different light, which leads to kind of the last thing, which is pivot. Right. When we aren't going quite right or things aren't going the way we think it should go. Yes. Pivoting doesn't mean that it was wrong. Because there's so many things that can happen on that road that you learn things that you needed to know, and then you pivot, and then you the things that you learned and the lessons you had help you with the next step. So having to pivot, having to try something a little different or go a little bit a different direction doesn't mean that the first thing that you started out to do was the wrong thing. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of like thinking about you're traveling along the freeway and you need to get off the freeway maybe for a detour because there's something on the freeway that's in the way or whatever. You get off the freeway and realize, oh, I'm low on fuel. Well, maybe I needed to get some gas before I proceeded on the next leg of this journey because there wasn't going to be a gas station there, and I was going to miss that. So God helped me see a way to gain something that I needed before I could go further, right? And that's kind of a pivot, pivoting point to make a change. And a lot of this actually requires us to kind of keep our own egos in check a little bit and recognize that he is there to help us and actually sees the big picture a little better than we do, doesn't he? Yeah, and that while we can think that what's going to happen is one thing, that sometimes it doesn't. We have about four really big things in our life right. that people look and go, wow, that was amazing. We wanted to like unpack it a little bit and peel back behind the scenes of what didn't go right. Yes, not to focus on the negative, but more to focus on how you overcome these things when they show up. So one of the first things when we were early married, we had three children, we lived in Utah, things were not going very well for us financially. We had somebody that made the comment to us that maybe Todd should just go get a job as a janitor because at least then 
he would have benefits and paid time off and blah, blah, blah. And he was working as a contractor, and that was super offensive. Right. We were, like, really offended by that. I owned my own business as a contractor, and I should just go be a janitor. Yeah. And I was talking to my father, who was a huge mentor in our life, and he said, wait a minute, let's look at that. Maybe it's not that you need to be a janitor, but maybe you should do something different. Right. And from that conversation came the idea to move to Alaska and start working up there where the wages were better. Right. And so we put our house on the market and we started trying to sell it. The interest rates had just dropped and everybody put their house on the market. Yeah, and it was there kind was of flooded with houses. Flooded of houses. There was dozens of houses just like ours in our exact neighborhood for sale. Right. And we were like, dude, how are we going to sell our house in the time that we needed? We needed to leave by the 1st of September to be able to drive through Canada and miss winter and get right. up there. Because when winter comes on, oftentimes construction slows down a little bit. So we wanted to get there early enough in the season that I could get a little bit of a foothold in place somewhere. Right. We just prayed and we trusted God and we took inspired action and we did all kinds of different things to try and get our house seen and out there. And we had this date that we had been talking to God about and it was coming up. It was like a week away when right. we had another buyer fall through and we were just devastated and didn't know how it was going to happen when we got a phone call from our realtor that they had a person that had been pre-approved and gotten all of their ducks in a row before putting an offer in. Right. So it went that smoothly. We actually closed on the date that we had talked to God about right. and were able to leave and move to Alaska and we were able to get a job that was paying three times what Todd had made before. And you can look at that story and be like, wow. Wow, that was amazing, right? So cool. Now we had no job prospects when we left. You know, a lot of people this day and age with the internet and everything else would be lining up a job before they left. You didn't have that option the same way. We just had to go on faith that God knew this is what we wanted to do. He agreed with us that it was a good thing for our family, and he would help us find what we needed to find to make it work. And it, and it did work. We got it up did. there, and you got a fantastic job, and it was fantastic and awesome for like three months. Yes. And then we had a baby and got laid off. Yep. It was like a shock. Boom, suddenly we're laid off. And that great three times income that we had is now gone. And it's the middle of the winter, and, and it's there's the middle no of the winter. construction. People aren't hiring. So that was a pretty hard hit. It was. And so, you know, there's a lot of people, and we have may have had a pity party, but there's a lot of people that would be like, oh, see, you shouldn't have left. And it would have been really easy to say, we owned a house in Utah that had a really low payment on it, and we at least had work and we shouldn't have left, like we'd made a mistake. But we chose right. not to look at it that way. We chose to try to move forward. When we went back in prayer to help us find work, what I came out of that with was I needed to start my own business again. I needed to become a subcontractor and get licensed on my own and be my own boss. Right, and we found a mentor yes. that helped you do that and showed you how and walked you through doing all of that. And I really look, and this is part of trusting God, was that 
being an employee would not have given us all the benefits that we received for years after of you building your own contracting business and creating a reputation that really allowed us to be successful in that space. Wouldn't have happened if you had just continued as an employee. No, it wouldn't have, but it wasn't easy to get started either. When we got started, I think the first month I was in business on my own, I think I made $39. That's how much money we made for the whole month. Right. The next month, I think we made like $256. It wasn't much. The third month, we hit like five grand. From that point, started regularly making between five and $10,000 a month of income as a subcontractor, which really changed I our mean, life. It changed our life. Again, our point is that we went through a hard patch. We had six months, like we had to rely on our church and our family to help us get through financially and to feed us. And those, like, it was dark. And if we right. had stayed in the darkness and just felt sorry for us and not looked for how we needed to pivot and what we could do differently, we could have been in a really ugly place. And we've seen people who've had that experience who tuck their tail between their legs right. and go back to the old life yes. and think, nope, I must have been wrong. I must have heard him wrong or God's not on my side or all these stories that we can tell ourselves. Yes. So the next part of our life that was kind of really led by God was when we decided to build a mortgage-free house. I had started to travel with the kids. We'd been taking trips down to the States and because we had this better income we were able to do more things and we were renting houses at the time and some of those rents were actually you know they were as much or more than most of the house payments were but we didn't really want to have a, a mortgage we were very committed you know? to being debt-free and so I found this idea of how you could build a house without a mortgage, do it small and do it as you're living in it and build this. And so we went out and we found a piece of property that we could um, buy on a short-term note directly from the owner. owner. And we did this and we started out and we recognized we were not gonna be able to get that done before winter. So we built a small, a tiny home. Right. That's what it would be called today. It was, this was really <laughs> early. 16 by 24. Yeah. Is the size of the house. We had a travel trailer that we were living in on the property while we were clearing it and building. And we attached that so that we could use the bathroom and the kitchen from the trailer to the, right. to the bunkhouse. We called it the bunkhouse because we didn't have a kitchen in it yet and all of these things. So we did that. And then the next couple of years, we built on t and added on to it. And we put a kitchen in and it was pretty and we finished um, parts of it. It was nearly finished. And... Then what happened? Well, our children decided, hey, matches are kind of cool. This looks fun. Let's play with them in our bed. <laughs> yeah. So our two and four-year-old at the time started the house on fire. They started their bed on fire. Yep. And we are very, very blessed that we did not lose any children. Right. We were not home at the time. There was four kids of... I don't remember how many children we had. Katie was the baby. Six? She's six or seven. Anyways. We lose track. We lose track. They got the animals out. They got yep. the kids out. But we lost the whole house. Yeah. The whole house. So we lost that house. And we'd spent several years and all of our money into that. And yes. One of the problems with losing our house, 
normal people would be able to just cash in on the insurance and have it taken care of. Our house was not insured because our insurance agent at the time had told us that, there, that we couldn't insure it until it was finished. We believed him and trusted him, and we thought, oh, he knows what he's talking about. We have to get this more finished before we can insure it. So when it burned down, we lost it all. There was no money coming in from insurance or nothing. It was gone. It was gone. And so some community members and friends started fundraising and they started building. They got a foundation put in and they got a lumber pack delivered and the lumber pack got stolen. Like right. things just weren't going right. And we kind of had to pull the plug on the whole thing because they wanted to create something so big that it, it wasn't fundable and they wanted us to get a mortgage. And we were like, no, that was the whole point of what we were doing. We appreciated the effort, but we didn't want to have a, a mortgage on it. So we had to basically say, no, we're just going to have to move forward. So we just took the foundation that was there and started building on it as we could. And we made a much smaller house. Yes. than they had originally planned. And we built that house out of pocket as we went. It took us two years before we were able to move into it. We moved in in October without <laughs> insulation. There was no insulation. It was wired, but there was no insulation in October. And for your information, it's not long after October in Alaska where it gets dang cold. Yeah. So, you know, we just did what we could do and we got the insulation in. There's um, something in Alaska called the Alaska Permanent Fund where you get paid if you live there and we were waiting for that money to come in and then we did the insulation and so we just did what we could as we could right and we had a great time it was a lot of fun our kids learned amazing skills to help us build the house we built it by ourselves like literally we did all of it over the years we kept working on it and we kept finishing it and doing what needed to be done and that was the money that allowed us to eventually buy the boat right again Things don't always go the way you think they're going no. to go. But with the house, we knew, we knew that God had called us to be debt-free. Mm -hmm. We knew that that was an important principle that he wanted us to follow, is to have the minimal debt possible, and that we had the skills and the knowledge to do the house, so we didn't need to do a mortgage. And that was important for us to fall back on several times when we were approached and they wanted us to get a mortgage. And we said, no, we just we we truly know in our heart that that is the wrong way to go about this. But that left us with not much there. But in the end, what we ended up with, because we followed that path, was something great and something worth money that when we decided to sell it, we got it all, basically, mm -hmm. and we're able to put that into other areas that we wanted to put it into. And if we didn't have that faith and that belief that God wanted us to do that, we pro probably we would have be been where we're upside now. down. Yeah. You know? And the other part of this is being willing to be uncomfortable. Yes. Well, that's kind of like checking your ego, too, because there was a lot of uncomfortableness in the house, especially when it wasn't finished. Right. And so when we're stepping outside our comfort zone and we're growing and we're trying new things and we're not saying to you that you need to go live in a house that's not finished. Some of our children are like, I will never live in a house that's not finished. What are they mm -hmm. doing? They bought a fixer upper. <laughs> <laughs>
and are remodeling it because room they by have room. the skills and the yeah, knowledge right. because we did it with them they know that it can be done yes that's a huge blessing too that right. came out of that process yes so the next thing that happened is we decided to travel we'd lived in the house for a while we had a bunch more kids we'd had kids grow up and leave and we decided to close down todd's construction business which was very successful, by the way. Yeah, we were making lots of money doing that. So closing that down was a big deal. But Todd's body was starting to take a really big hit. His back was bothering him. He was having struggles. And we were like, we want to do something different. And so we closed that down. And we still had our handgun training business that we were doing. And this is, we talked about this in one of our previous episodes of what we did and how we did this. Right. But... One story that I'm not sure if we told this in the last episode or not was about the van breaking that we were going to be leaving in. I think we did tell touch on this. That engine blew up and took all our money. Right. But God had said, yes, go do this. Yeah, we had like, I don't know, five, seven thousand dollars or something set aside that we figured would get us through like the first two or three months of this trip and until Tammy's photography classes would be selling, and our other gun classes would be selling out. And so this was our seed money to get us moving. And that van blew the motor, and it cost like $5,800 $5, to fix the motor. Yeah. And, and it was like, I'm going, like, we're done. We can't pull this off. We tucked our tail between our legs, had a little bit of a pity party for a minute, right? And then we prayed about it, and we had mentors in our, come into our life that gave us a different perspective, and we were like, okay, we need to go. We need to go and do this. And that trip was foundational in our children's lives, right. and it, we learned to live differently and we learned how much we didn't need. And we I really came to love um, living tiny and minimalist. Right. And it just, it changed everything about our view of people and travel and how people are good. And it was huge. It was huge. It did not go the way we thought it would go. No, it didn't. And, you know, a little bit of an example here, you know, in the scriptures, God talks about the lilies of the field, how they don't worry, right, about their stuff they just they just do their little thing and god takes care of them right well we struggle sometimes in our minds with finances because we know that god will take care of the little leaves of the field and we actually know that god will take care of us but what sometimes we often want is more some abundance in our lives so we have lots of extra right um, this trip was not about the abundance part what this trip was about was the lily part we needed to know that God would give us what we needed. We needed to learn to rely on him, right? To trust him. To trust him. Because while we gave a lot of lip service to trusting him, yes. we relied on our own arms. A lot. <laughs> a lot. And right? that was what we learned on that trip was not that we shouldn't do everything that we can do, but we had we had not really understood that he will take care of us. Right. It, that it, trip was kind of yes. our wander in the wilderness. It taught us a lot of lessons in yeah. that trip. He fed us with <clears throat> manna. Mm -hmm. um, everybody in life goes through these periods. Right. Like if you're going through this in your life, it's okay. Lots of people who have what you want right now have been where you are. Right. Don't think God has forsaken you. Do not think 
that all is lost. Because how many, I don't remember how many years ago that trip was, 12 or something now? It was two, 2013. And still to this day, both Tammy and I and a couple of our oldest children that were on that trip look at the things that we learned on that trip as a major foundation in our life and how we make decisions and how we live. And the <clears> faith. And, and the faith. The faith in God. And also, like Tammy said, it taught us that we could live very comfortably and very nice and have lots of joy in our life without a lot of this extra stuff. We're going to have halyard slapping going on in this in Yeah, this there's uh, winter storm ember is raging around us. Raging so around if us. If you but hear noise, that's what it is. We learned on that trip that we didn't need a lot of the things that we thought that we needed. And we are not saying that you cannot have more money. No. Or that you are more righteous if you're poor. We absolutely right. do not believe that. Is that is not what we're saying. That is not what we're saying. We, we, we enjoy abundance and we appreciate abundance and it comes into our life in many, many ways. So that don't take away from this that no. we're glorifying not having money. What we're saying is that you can have joy in levels of life that you didn't think was possible to have joy. Yes. So that brings us to the fact that we decided to sell our house and buy a sailboat. Yes. And people were like, you're what? Crazy. And you've never, <laughs> ever sailed before. What and... about pirates? Right. <laughs> but so we decided to do this and we trusted God to help us find the right boat. And he did. Yes. And we went to that thing again of inspired action and prayer. And we got God's blessing on the boat we wanted to buy and knew right. that that was the right boat. And that was really important as it took so much more than we ever thought. We did. One of the, one of the really important things to me that I learned on this that I hadn't quite learned yet in the past was when we made the offer on the boat, the guy refused the offer and said it was way too low, and I walked away. I, I offered him 10000 He wanted like nineteen or 23000 at the time. I had $80,000 in the bank. I could have just paid his offer. I could have paid what he wanted for the boat, right? But I had inspiration in my heart. No, walk away. And I did walk away. And we talked, Tammy and I, about that, about that importance of doing that. And we told the guy we really liked the boat, but this is what we were, we felt like was our offer that we felt God was on our side with. And we left. He changed his mind and he asked a counter offer. And Tammy and I went and talked about it and felt inspired that, yes, that was right to do. It was like $3,000 more than I'd offered it. What I gained from that experience was when the crap happened with this boat and we hauled it out and things started, we started noticing things that were wrong and the money that it was going to take to fix those, I went back to that spot that this boat was the right boat because I was willing to walk away from it and God put it back in my life. If I had just paid the amount that he had asked when I had it, I would have doubted in the future. I would have doubted that decision. Well, 
you know, God only told me to offer 10 and I paid what he wanted and now look at all these problems. It was the wrong boat, right? But because I was willing to walk away, it was God's way of helping me understand with my ego that he was behind me on this. You know, there's going to be things that are going to come up and you're going to need to know that this is the right boat for you. And this is how I'm going to teach you that lesson that you will know always, no matter what goes wrong or no matter what happens, this was the right decision. And we fall back on that moment all the time. Yeah. Knowing that God, that the decision was right when we made it yes. has carried us through so much. And, you know, it was four years. We thought we would be in the water in six months. <laughs> yeah. And Naivety. four years later before we were able to sail away. And all kinds of things went right and all kinds of things went wrong along with that. And people think, wow, you did this amazing thing. And it was truly amazing. But it was not without its challenges. Yes. And once we started sailing, we then we were like, wow, this is amazing. And you're sharing on social media and all the cool things. But it was hard. There were things we didn't know, things that were scary, yes. things that went wrong. The generator was giving us all kinds of fits. The weather wasn't cooperating the way we thought it should be. Fog. <laughs> yeah, the fog. Like, so you have ups and you have downs, and this is normal in life. Right. As you are moving towards things that you want and working with God to create something and become who he wants you to be, there will be ups and there will be downs. Right. And it's it's normal. It's absolutely and completely normal. And, you know, we got over to the Bahamas and it was so amazing. We had so much fun. And then we came back and we were struggling with weather and our sails tore. And I was afraid when we had big storms and crossing right. oceans. And we got here to North Carolina and we parked the boat in this amazing marina and we really felt God brought us right. to. And it was a good price and we were excited to go to our son's wedding and we had an amazing wedding. Like it was so cool to have all of my kids there and see what amazing people they had become. It was a real blessing that God gave me. And then we lost Abigail. And people could say, you know, if you believe in God and he's so amazing, why? Why would he take your daughter from you? Why aren't you angry at God? Why haven't you, you know, determined that, that he sucks and that he's not there for you? Right? Yeah. And people have asked us that question. And we know that Abigail fulfilled the measure of her creation. And it was time for her to go home and live with him. And now we move forward and we're recreating the next adventure and right. the next thing and we're talking to God about what that looks like and part of what that looks like is sharing these things with you on this podcast because we know that God wants you to become something amazing that he has plans for you in your life and that you need to create and you need to learn and you need to grow and you're scared and it can be hard and you're not sure what to do or who to trust or where to turn. And so we just want to say to you, when you're looking out there at the people who you admire and the people who you think, I want my life to be like them, do not think they haven't had struggles. Correct. 
Right. That it hasn't been hard. That there haven't been moments that when they're upset and angry with God, we want you to know that it's okay to have those feelings and those conversations with God about your frustrations. But do not deny him. Right. Do not turn from him even when you're frustrated. You can say the things and tell him how you're feeling and have those hard conversations because then you're still acknowledging that he's there. Right. And he will come through. Within these stories that we've told, there are dozens and dozens of other micro examples of many miracles and many ups and many downs and all those kinds of things and people we've came in contact that we're not even scratching the surface with here. They are there. Uh, Some of those are kind of really sacred to us and personal. You know, those might be something that if you meet us in person, we would sit down and just talk about together. But the big picture here for us right now of what we have learned when we put all of this together and we sit down right now, visualize yourself as a child, right? What does the scriptures talk about? Become as a little child. If you are a little child and you are afraid and your dad or your mom or somebody that's really a mentor to you and is important in your life just says to you, take my hand and let's go, follow me and I will help you. Imagine that child going along. The fear goes away to a a huge extent because now they have somebody they believe in and they trust to help them. And the reality is today, even as adults, even as being old like we are now, we (laughs) try to still, still our minds and still our hearts, say a prayer in our heart and say, Heavenly Father, we're scared. We need to do this. We don't know how to make this happen. Will you help us? Tell us what to do. Show us the way. We'll do the work. Just hold our hand and direct us and guide us a little bit. And then we try to trust that and follow that. Right? Yep. And that leads to inspired action. And when we remember that inspiration, it helps us through the hard parts. And so we hope that this has given you a little bit of insight into the backstory of the things that we've had in our life and how people can somehow see all the good stuff. We don't talk a lot about what went wrong. No. And part of the reason is we don't want to focus on that, but we allow that to give us a foundation to stand on, to move higher and forward and become bigger and better and stronger and more creative. So going forward... We're going to talk more about coming back to the boat and things we're learning, things that we think you might want to know, but it really helps us when you give us the feedback. When you reach out Mm -hmm. to us, you can reach out to us on Instagram, you can reach out on Facebook, you can email us. There is a place on Spotify to ask questions. Any place that you can reach out to us and tell us what else can we share that would be helpful to you. We appreciate that because that is why we're doing this podcast, not to just be like, hey, we're so cool, but to answer your questions and help you have what you need to be able to step out there and become and live the life that God wants you to live. Right. So we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We love you, man. We love you. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.